Um, you know, preaching holidays, Easter, Christmas, those things, it's, uh, they can be tough, but I think Mother's Day might take the cake. I'm not a mom. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Um, I am not a mom, and after watching my wife go through uh, pregnancy and birth, I am quite convinced that if it were up to me, um, it wouldn't happen. Uh, and I'd probably say that with all kids, uh, all dads. Uh, am I right, guys? You probably? And you see, they got some amen. Y'all don't amen anything but that one? Yes, sir. And so I, I'm not a mom, so I can't tell you what I, I think you should do as a mom um, other than keep doing whatever it is you're doing because you're keeping guys like us alive. And, um, but what I do want to say is while I may not have the words for you, I think God does. And I want to, I want to preach for a few minutes this morning from Mary. And if there was the greatest of all moms, it would be Mary, the mother of Jesus. And, uh, we typically talk about her around Christmas and then that's about it. Right. And so, uh, we're going to bring her back around, uh, today. We're going to talk about her because I think that there's a lot to be learned from Mary. And one of the first things that I think if Mary would have talked to us today, I think this is what she would say, and I'll I'll explain why I think this is. But I believe Mary would say, listen, God is strong in you. You be strong in God. God is strong in you. You be strong with God. I want you to think about it from a perspective of Mary. She's minding her own business one day. She's a teenager, and an angel comes. And, and I know we have our whole visions from Christmas and stuff of what angels actually look, look like. But if you'll actually just go to the book of Revelation and read the description of an angel, they were not very good-looking things. And you'll quickly understand why the Bible says, be not afraid. Uh, Google biblical angel later on and look at the image there. Mary minds her own business. She finds out that she has been commissioned with the task to birth the son of God and I'm part of her mind was like nice a perfect child like literally going to be the perfect child and so they jump on a, a donkey and Mary travels all through Nazareth down into Bethlehem it was about a 90 mile ride on a donkey pregnant y'all follow me like she's tough now I don't sometimes we read over this stuff now but she travels and this is the start of the trials of her life Mary's going to go through numerous trials and we have a tendency to forget them because we kind of just put Mary in this one category and we don't pay attention to what it is but she understood the trials that she experienced throughout life And she understood what those trials meant. So when she would say anything like, be strong in God because God is strong in you, she understood that because of her experience. Like, pregnant, unwed, teenager. That's a trial. So she finds out she's going to be the mother of the Messiah. You know, that's a trial. Mary's life is dramatically shifted to what she's going to do. She's not going to be the normal... Hebrew girl anymore she's now going to as great of an honor it is to be the mother of the Messiah it's going to come with ridicule it's going to come with embarrassment from people bringing shame to her she's going to go through that trial her whole life shifted and then Mary again she travels 90 miles on a donkey while pregnant to give natural 
birth. Say trial. She's going through trials. And then, when we read through the Scriptures, we realize that Mary's kids didn't even believe that she was the virgin birth, that had given virgin birth, and they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, can you imagine Jesus being your sibling and everything he does is right? Everything. He's got, I mean, there's so many my child is an honor student stickers on the back of the camel, they don't even know what to do anymore, right? And the other children, and did you know, by the way, there were at least seven of them, they're going, nah, you're not the Messiah. You're just mom's favorite for whatever reason, and we're not buying it. Like, we're not buying it. And we see this in the Scripture. And then Mary, at some point, becomes a widow. She has a child out of wedlock. She has children that are distant and far from God. And then at some point before the cross, Joseph is gone. And we don't know why. We don't know if he died. How he, well, we know he died. We don't know how he died. We don't, we don't know anything. We just know he's gone, so she is now a widow. And then we, and, and again, trial. Trial. And then we see this baby born in Bethlehem wrapped in these swaddling clothes. She's counting the number of toes and his little fingers. And then at 33 years later, she's watching those same hands and feet be pierced and watching her son be ridiculed and crucified and murdered. Can you say trial? Mary has been through the ringer in her life. And I wonder, I wonder if it was those trials that encouraged her son James, who is not a believer, to write these words. And in James chapter 1, he says this, count it all, okay, counting there is a financial term in the Greek, which means to evaluate it, take a look at it. And he says, count it all the joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of faith will produce steadfastness, and steadfastness has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. You know how you, you are made perfect and complete and lacking in nothing? It's going through the trial. And we don't want to hear that, do we? That's not, is there another way, God? I would like to learn this lesson, but is there another way? And, and James, the brother of Jesus, the son of Mary, says, count it. Count it all joy. I have to ask the question, was that line inspired from James looking back through his mother's life of all that she had been through. That maybe she thought at times he didn't get it because he didn't even recognize his brother as the Messiah. But it clicked. He stayed in the conversation where her heart was broken that he was so far gone spiritually that now he has come back around to this idea that, that maybe, maybe, if you look at John chapter 7, it says that for not even his brothers believed in him. And this is where we come up with the idea that they didn't, they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Their own brother. 
There, as a matter of fact, there's a passage where they're about to throw him over a cliff, not the brothers and sisters. But the people in Nazareth are about to throw him on the cliff, and then the, the siblings show up, and they're like, Let's, we'll take him. Like, he's crazy, we got it, we'll get him out of here. Even showing further that they did not believe. And so it's not going to be until after the resurrection that we know that James would believe and the others would believe. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says this, Then he appeared to, who's that say? He went right to his brother. Now do you believe? And then he went to the apostles. Went to his family first, then to the apostles. James, do you believe now? Because you saw me, you saw mom's tears. And by the way, I think it's interesting, and we won't go into all this, but it's interesting that as Jesus is hanging on that cross, one of the last things he says was for his mother to be taken care of. And if you'll notice, he didn't tell one of the siblings to take care of his mother. He told one of the apostles, tells John to take care of my mom. Can I just pause right there and say, I don't know what you may be going through. God has a lot of stuff going on. But he stops right where he is and meets you exactly where you are personally in that place. And we see that model so graciously for us on the cross. And so John, Jesus appears to his younger brother. So in James 1, I want you to watch these words. James goes from not being a believer. Mary's been praying for them, hoping that they find it. And look at these words in John 1. James, a, what's that word? A what? Not a brother not a sibling. He says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus. I think he got it. Like he had figured out that, you know what? Mom was right. Mom has lived this example all of her life through all of these trials and has been pointing us to the Messiah and we've been so blind not to even see it. And, and I'm learning from my mom that I'm supposed to count it all a joy, evaluate that everything that we go through, because I've watched her walk through and hear the stories about when she was a teenager, pregnant, and her own family wouldn't even take her in. I've heard the stories of all that happened on that night. We, we know the pain that she suffered when dad passed away. And we saw the hurt and the pain on her shoulders as she watched our brother die. Count it all a joy. See, sometimes you feel as moms and as parents that God's not hearing the prayer, that you may feel like your, your, sibling, your, your children are so far from God, but God is on a hot pursuit. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Keep pursuing alongside of God. And so... There's this example that's being set that James says, he's not my big brother, he is my Lord. I am his servant. You know where I think he got that from? I think he got it from his mom. Because the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, listen to her words. And Mary said, behold, I am a, I'm not the mother of, I am the servant of the Lord. And then she finishes up with this. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel left. I will do whatever you say. I am a servant. See, do you follow the example all through Mary's life that she has been setting for her children? And how 
we see, particularly with James, that there's a turn and everything that he has been taught begins to, to change. Because he saw that God was strong in his mother and his mother was strong in God. She had her dependency on him. She had her surrender in him. Can, can I just say that the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that he is strong with you and that you can have great joy? See, Mary didn't know how long this trial was going to be. She just knew that she could trust God through whatever the trial. I, I don't know how long. If you, I know parenting can have some hard times. It can be difficult. There are rough seasons, but they are seasons and new seasons come. But here's what I can tell you. I don't know how long your season's going to be and wherever you are, but what I can assure you of is God is not blind to it and God is walking with you in the season. Amen? And we have to be confident of that. This is why the scriptures tell us, don't walk by sight of what you see. If Mary was walking by what she saw, this is not very good. This is not going out. She would probably want to go back to what she said to that angel and be like, hey, can I get a refund on that? Because I, I said, let it be according. That's the surrender in the prayer. I, can I just take that back? Because ever since I have stepped into this, I feel like it has not gone well. I lost my husband. My kids don't believe me. And my wish watch my son down across. But that's not what happened. Mary knew that she can trust that God was walking with her in the season. And that he knew, he knew that her, of her surrender and he knew of her dedication to him and to his word. She wasn't trusting that God was going to make it easy, but she was trusting that he was going to be strong. And she knew that in, in God's time, he was going to bless her just like he wants to bless you in his time. This verse, listen to this. It says, if anyone lacks wisdom. Just thinking how we could probably send that to the government. If, if any one of you lacks wisdom, where do we get our wisdom from? Let's ask God. His way is higher than our ways. And he says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God, listen to this, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. That's James speaking. James understands now this part of him that is surrender. As I've watched my mom go through everything that she's gone through, but the example that she set, the times that she knelt by her bed and prayed, cried out to God, trusting Him. I want that. I, 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 want, I want what she has. She, she has paved the pathway for me to see who Jesus is. Let me give you some practical things this morning that you can find yourself in a very weary place. Am I right? As parenting. As, and, and just, you probably saying, I don't have kids. And if you don't have kids, you can find yourselves in some very difficult places that you just find yourself here weary. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't even know where to go. And we pray and ask God, to, can you just get us through this? Can you just speed us through this? Can we just bypass this? 
But listen to this. Mary lived a blessed life, not from trials, but through the trials. Through the trials. And I think that's why James said, you count it all a joy. Doesn't matter what you're going through. God's with you. You count that as a joy. And be okay. Because see, when you evaluate the situation, as I believe Mary did, when you evaluate the situation, one of the things that you find in your evaluation is God. you got to see Him. That's your first perspective. If your eyes are on anything else in that situation, you are walking by sight and not by faith. He is not blind, and He is not obsolete from your life. He knows exactly what's going on. Remember, He knitted you in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head. We go through trials and we find ourselves oftentimes in weariness. Here's what I would challenge you to do. is you got to pray yourself through the weariness. Listen to this verse. It says, For you know that the testing of your faith, it produces steadfastness. And it's like, I don't like this. I remember the first time I read this, I was like, this is not a good, I don't, I don't like this. If I could have cut pages out of the Bible, this would have been the one. But it says that it produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. We have to go through the trials. But as we're going through the trials, pray yourself out of your weariness. Prayer connects us with God. Moms, give your kids a praying mom. Because one day they're going to leave the nest and they're going to go out. And if we haven't connected them to God, what have we done? Dads, I would say the same thing to you. Give your kids a praying father. Because one day they're going to leave the nest. And if we didn't teach them how to communicate with God, what have we done? We're teaching them. Even though we think they're not getting it, they're getting it. And this is why James goes back to say, if anybody lacks wisdom, let, let them ask God. It's hard, isn't it? Sometimes it's just hard to exist as a human. It's difficult. And, and we don't know oftentimes what the right thing to do is. And here's what the promise of the Scripture is, that if we lack it, we'll ask God, He will give it. Isn't that good? We lack it, He gives it. I don't know about you, but I'll just say I lack a lot of it. I don't know what to do here. I know what I want to do here. And you know, there's a difference between what you want to do and what God needs you to do. There's a big difference. But he will tell you and give you exactly what you need. And when you do that, you'll find yourself in a position where you're the most joyful because you're living out what God has asked you to do. Just embrace this thought. You do not have to be weak. You do not have to be weak. If God is in you, He has empowered you, His Holy Spirit is living within you. The Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is the same Spirit that lives within you and me. We do not have to be weak. We can be strong in the Father. God is strong to you. And here's what I think, and it's pressure. Parenting grows under pressure. Christianity grows under pressure. You think about it. Pressure forms us. It molds us. 
And we don't like pressure. We like comfort. But trials bring pressure, which produces steadfastness. And then we will find contentment and joy in that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that you and I have been hard-pressed on every side, perplexed, but not crushed. That's the promise. You will go through difficult things. Life will throw you curveballs. And oftentimes when you think that you've got it figured out, it will sneak in a knuckleball on you in a heartbeat. And if you're a baseball player, you know what I'm talking about. It'll throw stuff at you. But God is very aware and this is why his, his promise is that you will not be crushed. Yeah, you're going to walk through some stuff. Yes, this is going to sting. But I promise to walk with you, to be with you. It's a testing of faith that produces. God is forming and blessing in this season. It's a matter of how you see it. Sometimes you've got to talk yourself into toughness. Because I think what you say to yourself forms truth in you. You believe that? You ever have to pep talk yourself a little bit? All right, I can do this. I can do this. I got this. You got to start. You got to talk to yourself into toughness. And here's how you do that. You begin speaking the promises of God. I am his child. I have been called. I have been made righteous. I have been adopted by him. And we start making those claims and realizing, though I am weak, I have been made strong because of Jesus. Mary lives a blessed life, not from trials, but through them. And here's my encouragement to you today and my prayer for you. Is that wherever wherever you are, in your life, and you might be in one of the greatest moments of your life. You may think that this is incredible. And I hope that's all of you. But the truth is, even in the moments where we're on the mountaintop, the mountaintop experiences are seasons too. And eventually they put us in the valley. But can I tell you something I learned about valleys? The thing about a valley is when you're down in it, it causes you to have to look up to the what? To the mountaintops. And you know what's on the mountaintop. The Bible tells you to lift your head, lift your eyes, and look. So this morning, pray yourself out of weariness. Lift your eyes to the heavens and see the maker and our creator who, is a, who wants to sustain you and to say, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. And I have been all along. But you just slid over. Slide back this way. As we close this morning, I've asked Ms. Gretchen, Marker, she's going to come. And before we sing, I just asked that she would just do a prayer over all of our moms. And as she does that, we're going to sing and just thank God for all that he's going to do in our lives. And I, and I just want to end today just by saying this, that moms, we love you and we're appreciative of you and you have our support. We are, as a church, we're here to support you in any way, shape, or form we can because we want you to be all that you can be. 
in Christ so that your children will be all that they can be in him as well. Would you come pray for us? Okay, I need everybody who's around a mom to just gather up, put their hands on her. If you see a lady by herself and you're not sure she's a mom, she could be a mom, please, please put your hands on her and we're going to pray for all of our moms. Heavenly, holy God, so many different stages of motherhood that bring trials but bring great joy. Thank you for Robbie's message about just being steadfast, just being uh, a light to our kids, being a role model. I do pray that for all of our moms, for the moms of little ones who are just weary. Lord, give them strength. For the moms of the teenagers right now who are at a very confusing time, very frustrating time for the parents. Um, Father, just bring peace and bring patience. For the moms of the adult kids who are trying to figure out their faith all by themselves, just give those moms trust that you have those adult kids in good hands. I pray your comfort and peace over the moms who have lost kids. The moms here who uh, maybe this is their first Mother's Day without their mom. They've lost their mom and um, are feeling that grief. I pray your comfort over them. Um, for moms of um, stepkids who sometimes find it hard to love them, for moms who have adopted, for moms who are just feeling the trials of motherhood and the pressures and the feelings of inadequacy and failure, um, Father, I pray for them that they just trust in you, that they love you with their whole heart mind, souls, just like you've told us to, and through that connection to you, all of the blessings will come. All of the blessings will come. Help us all just stay close to you, and you will guide us through. And um, thank you for the joy of motherhood. Thank you for the trials of motherhood. We just bless all these ladies in your precious holy name. Amen.